it is me, I am back with a podcast. If you are listening to this right now, thank you for tuning in to my little podcast. Um, today's episode is all about the mistakes that I see people make when they begin a diet. So the kind of eight main faults, problems, issues I see with people going in and starting um, a diet that is kind of, I know is going to end up perhaps being not quite successful if you're going in with these kind of mindsets. So without further ado, I am just going to get straight into it because I feel like that is fairly self-explanatory. Um, so yeah, let's go. Biggest diet mistakes I see people make. One is going into a fat loss phase. I'm going to use the terms fat loss phase and diet interchangeably because diet doesn't actually mean fat loss. Diet is just what food you eat on a day-to-day basis. But I'm using diet in the context of you are eating a diet for fat loss. So I hope that's not confusing. Um, Number one is just being unaware of the calorie content in foods. And this kind of comes down to the whole like natural fallacy thing and that you believe if a food is quote-unquote healthy comes from the earth then that's a fat loss friendly food when that is not always the case yes I would argue that if you're eating a diet that is mainly whole foods the chances are you're going to have a more successful diet because those foods are more satiating but it's quite frequent I will see people um enter a diet and eat, enter a fat loss phase and eat foods that they think will support their fat loss goals because they are quote unquote healthy. And I'm not demonizing these foods by any stretch of the imagination because they are so nutrient rich and fantastic to include in your diet. But foods that are higher in natural fats or healthy fats such as like avocado, peanut butter, nuts, all those kind of foods, if you're having really big portions of those in place of when you'd usually have other snacks, like for example, if you said, you know what, I usually have a chocolate bar on my um, afternoon break at work, but I'm going to swap that for like a bag of nuts. The chances are as much as your body's getting better nutrients from those bags of nuts as your snack, actually might have double the amount of calories as your chocolate bar did. Um, so it's not to say that making these changes in your diet to make it more nutritionally dense is a poor thing. But if you have a fat loss goal, calories do still come down to things at the come down to it at the end of the day. So purely changing your diet when you move to fat loss to only quote unquote healthy foods might not put you in the energy deficit that you actually need in order for your body to lose fat. And that kind of is similar to what I've put under number two, which is following kind of fad diets or diet strategies that don't actually teach you anything about the understanding and the fundamentals of energy balance. And by energy balance, I literally mean the equation that our body needs in order to gain fat, lose fat, maintain fat. So once we have a baseline understanding of energy balance in that in order to lose fat, we need to be 
consuming less calories than our body is expending through movement, through exercise, through bodily functions day to day, then we cannot lose body fat. So if you're just following a, for example, like slimming world, there's a high chance that it will encourage you to make food choices that could put you into a deficit, but it's not actually telling you why you are gaining, going into that deficit. And if you're not losing fat on Slimming World, it's probably because you haven't managed to tap into that energy balance equation. Tap into it, that sounds like I'm talking about like freaking keto or something, which is not. But the chances are is you're still consuming more energy than you're burning. And that's why not why you are not losing body fat. But following fads from another perception like like low carb or no carb. Again, this is a fast track to ruining your relationship with food and having a very much an all or nothing mindset on food, which is my third point as well. So the third point is going into a diet with that all or nothing mindset, that black and white thinking, you're either on the diet or you're completely off the diet. And the thing is when you're on the diet, you're seeing it as such a kind of blinkers on approach that you're not going to stray from that path at all that when you slightly put your foot over the edge of the path the chances are you're going to end up being right off the road altogether and are more likely to overconsume when you do allow yourself to have a food that has been kind of off limits so that all or nothing mindset is just not useful and also a diet, although could be a temporary thing, if you don't have that much body fat to lose, perhaps you literally just want to do it for six weeks, but it should still be at a level that allows you to live your life and function as a normal human being. Because if you completely change all your habits, all your eating habits for a short period of time when you diet, what happens when you finish that diet is your body composition is going to go straight back to what it was. You're going to gain back that body fat that you lost because you're not actually maintaining the means that your body is requiring in order for you to maintain that level of body fat. Number four is the weekend warriors. So that is kind of comes into that all or nothing mindset a little bit in that the chances are you're eating a pretty decent balanced diet through the week or perhaps through the week you're only eating what you would view as healthy foods. And by the time it gets to the weekend, you go out drinking, you have a few meals out, and that is enough to kind of take you out of your deficit. Three out of seven days is the weekend. It's pretty much, what, like 40% of the week. So if 40% of the week you aren't being mindful that energy balance still counts on the weekend and you still need to be in a deficit overall from the week, then you're not going to make good fat loss results. And as much as I very much preach that you should have flexibility and be able to still have a social life and things like that, there is so, there are some of my clients who through the week have fewer calories so that the weekend they have space for more calories. I would only ever encourage this with a client who has a really good relationship with food. If you have a lack of control over the weekend when you do allow yourself to have that level of freedom, the chances are that's not a good approach for you because that all or nothing mindset 
is pretty drilled in and that's something you would need to overcome. So using your weekends to eat, overeat on your calorie intake and therefore pushing you out of the deficit that you have created Monday to Friday or Monday to Thursday. Number five is not paying attention to your activity. So the other end of the equation, you know, where there's energy in, calories in, what about calories out? So you're dieting and making sure that, you know, you're you're in what you think is a calorie deficit, but perhaps you have a very sedentary job and you work at office all day and you might not do much movement day to day and perhaps you only do a few thousand steps. That means your body requires a lot less energy to function than perhaps someone who was quite active and on their feet a lot of the day, which means, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a lot you're kind of leaving on the table there in terms of reactivity. So for example, if I had a client who only did, you know, 3,000, 4,000 steps a day, they would have to diet on I don't think a lot less, but less calories than a client of mine who was doing, you know, 10,000 plus steps a day. And it's not great to get to low calories. It doesn't feel good. I know I would much rather ensure I'm getting my 10,000 steps a day so I can be in a fat loss phase on a little bit more food quantity than I would if I was really sedentary. Number six, Continuing to diet or entering into a diet despite having a poor relationship with food. If you don't feel fully comfortable around food, and if you're someone who has no problem with your relationship with food, this might not even make sense to you. But if you're someone who sometimes you feel a bit of guilt around food, sometimes you feel a bit of shame, sometimes the thought of tracking gives you the ick. I know the thought of dieting gives me a bit, like I don't feel comfortable to enter into a deficit sometimes showing that I don't have a fully formed great relationship with food to be honest but um that's the diet's not going to go well for you because either it's going to worsen your relationship with food or you're going to really struggle to stick to the diet because you have a poor relationship with food so my approach with clients who are in this position is we don't enter a fat loss phase until they feel so much more comfortable with their relationship with food Number seven, dieting when it's not aligned with your values. And values is the buzzword. Values is what I use every podcast. But genuinely, if you're dieting just for the sake of dieting, perhaps you're dieting to appease others or you're dieting because everyone else is and you feel like it's what you should do or society tells you you should do, it's going to be incredibly hard to stick to it when it starts getting tough and motivation is low because you're going to have no real affinity to that result. That result's not really that important to you. Although you might think it is on the surface level, if it doesn't align with how you want to live your life, then it's going to be incredibly hard for you to stay to stick to it when, you know, shit hits the fan with your life, things start going on or you lose motivation or time passes, it's been a while and the results are slow. You're not going to stick to it. I can tell you that now you need to be invested yourself and it needs to make sense with what you value in your life for it to be important and for it to be a goal for you to strive for. And lastly, number eight, and that's a lack of patience. So often, have you seen that meme where it's like that guy is like chipping away underground and he's like so close to the diamonds and he's still chipping away, he's still chipping away, he's gonna get there and they've been chipping away for 
you know, months and months and months. And then another guy underneath him is also chipping away and he's so close to the diamonds, but it's been months and months and months. And, but he's like, fuck this, this is taking so long. I'm not getting anywhere, I'm out. This other guy's lasted another month and he's got there. <laughs> I don't you know what I mean by that meme, otherwise it's probably not gonna make sense, but I'm sure you've all seen it. Lack of patience is such a big one. And as soon, like I can see in clients so many times, as soon as they do a measurement check-in where things haven't gone the exact way they expect it, perhaps that week the scales have fluctuated up a little bit. It's like panic stations. And I've been there, I know what it's like. So luckily I am there on hand to be the logical, rational one, which you kind of need that like in a coach. That's why I've had a coach for so long. Um, to say, look, you're being completely irrational, it's probably just water weight, blah, blah. And, but if you didn't have that accountability there, that would probably be the time that you might throw in the towel. You're like, you know what, fuck this, I've put in all this effort and the scales have just gone up a kilogram. Like, what the hell's the point? I'm, I'm done. And, you know, you have an emotional reaction to that and that might cause you to overeat, skip the gym, yada, yada, yada. So that lack of patience, like, Results are made in the long term. You need to be playing the long game here and you need to be willing to accept that that is what it takes and it takes patience and it takes perseverance and it takes delayed gratification. But that is the qualities and the mindset that you need to have if you want to be successful in fat loss or or changing your body composition anyway, if that's building muscle too. So to recap... The eight biggest diet mistakes I see people make is one, a lack of awareness around calorie content in their food. Two, following fads and not understanding the fundamentals of energy balance. Three, having an all or nothing mindset. Four, being a weekend warrior. Five, not paying attention to your activity or your daily movement. Six, dieting despite having a poor relationship with food. Seven, dieting when it's not actually aligned with your values in life. And eight, a lack of patience. I hope those, God, I hope, what was that? That's all of a sudden like Spanish, Jesus. I hope that was um, useful. And if you're perhaps thinking of going into a dieting phase, this may, you know, give you some pointers before you start doing that. I'm not trying to put anyone off losing body fat I'm just trying to increase awareness so that you know where potentially you could have gone wrong in the past so you don't have to do it again no one should be on diet after diet after diet for the rest of their life we want to make this one the fat loss phase you go into that actually you keep off forever so hopefully some of these mindset um, switches or just research around energy balance and calories will be useful for you going into this fat loss phase. I feel like I can't tell if I've been talking for a long time or not a long time with this one. I think it was fairly short and sweet. <laughs> so I will catch you in the next one as usual. I would love, 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 love if you could share this on your Instagram or literally send it to anyone you think it would be useful for. Perhaps they're thinking about dieting. Perhaps they're doing a fat loss phase right now. Um, please pass on. I would really appreciate it. See you in the next one.